This is the sixth episode of the Underneath It All Trail series, a podcast that tells the story of a holistic approach to an outdoor adventure as I attempt to bike pack and backpack from Canada to Mexico. My hope is that by bringing you on the trail and sharing these conversations between me and a few others, you can learn how to have conversations about your mental health with people that you trust. You can have a better understanding of others around you, learn to accept and fully embrace your truest narrative, and continue to break the negative stigma that has engulfed mental health. What was the happiest moment of your life? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> you can also answer. You're going next, man. <laughs> happiest moment of your life. You can answer that any way you want. It could be a time period. It can be a moment. There's so many in life. You know, before my wife, with my wife, after, you know. Well, for, so for me, I feel like the happiest moments of my life have been when I'm like no bullshit around me, right? And like I just feel like I'm happiest when I'm by myself and I'm confident in myself. I love my husband and I love my dogs, but the happiest that I'm ever is when I'm like most in tune with my needs and my wants, like hands down. So that's like probably the happiest moments that, and like there's dispersed throughout, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one, Dad. I know it is. It's a hard there's question. No, I mean, there's obviously a lot of answers. If you're new here, I wanted to give you a quick recap of what's been going on the last five episodes. The season started at my own home base, Moab, Utah, a couple of days before leaving to attempt to bike the CDT, the Continental Divide knowing there was a possibility that I would get my triple crown since I had already completed the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail. I trained very hard for the Continental Divide Trail for months before, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally as well. After training for months on end, I felt super confident going into a massive adventure like biking the CDT, especially after my coach, Liz Sampy, who's been on the podcast several times, continued to evaluate and have honest conversations about where I'm at with everything. But more than attempting to bike all the way from Canada to Mexico or even finishing this triple crown, my main goal has always been to seek balance on trail in hopes that being intentional with my body, my mind, and my soul without the projections of my past, I could finally let the magic and the feelings of contentment of the trail seep into my everyday life. But life isn't that simple, is it? I've been learning a lot about what this balance looks like, and the word that keeps coming up is the word contentment, which I've been studying over the last few weeks. I came into this journey focused, determined to listen to all parts of myself, and yet I was completely unaware of the consequences of seeking this kind of balance. I really thought contentment would look a lot more like happiness. I thought that contentment was based off planning and setting myself up for success, which I had defined as completion. Contentment on the trail ended up looking a lot more like acceptance of what was, which for me included what was happening at home in my real life. For over 800 miles, I continue staying present to all my emotions, learning about managing my mental health while adventuring through some of the thickest smoke I've ever experienced, which led to a conversation with my friend Ben all about climate crisis in episode three. And then, after a terrifying thunderstorm on an exposed ridgeline, 
I learned how to manage physical symptoms of the red zone as well as body fatigue. On the last episode, I had the honor of having my childhood best friend, Diane, on the podcast, and she created such a safe space for me to talk about my heart as well as all the fear that came with deciding to quit the trail. Which brings me to this episode. It's been over a month since I quit the trail. Alongside with mental health advocacy in social media spaces, I also took a job as a bilingual therapist here in town. And the transition has been overwhelming, but also I'm learning a lot about myself and what it means to bring the experiences from trail to my everyday life. Jackson Hole, Wyoming is one of the most beautiful places in the world. If you haven't been, definitely recommend going. There's so much biking, so much hiking, skiing, everything that you could think of is there. I decided to take one more road trip for myself to visit Alex, who was on the first episode of this entire season. I haven't seen her in a really long time, and going from bikepacking all day, every day for eight weeks, to then coming back home and staying pretty stagnant, It felt like it was the right time to get away for a long weekend before the workload picked up. It's rare that you go on a bike ride without at least something going wrong, whether that be a flat tire, a bent derailleur, or an air leak in your tire. It's very common, and because of that, most folks are willing to help a fellow biker. When we got to the parking lot, we noticed that Alex's bike tire was leaking, and as she spoke to one of the guys in the parking lot to try to get it fixed, I took the time to get to know his other friends that were with him. (laughs) it is yeah but some people don't have that that answer you know it's been probably five or six years ago Mm -hmm. when i got to run all bitch creek including driscoll's drop you know and not having to portage anything Mm. and driscoll's drops the class five rapid in a kayak i mean you're just so focused all day long and it's just you don't think about anything else in life Mm -hmm. you're just in the moment and there's nothing else in life that's like that for me, for me, yeah, is when I'm kayaking on something really hard, and that's all you you're just focused on that. You don't think about anything else in the world. Every other time I'm doing stuff, I think about other things, right. but not when I'm kayaking like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's the happiest, but that's the most intense experiences that I've had in life yeah. that that really resonate with me. Yeah. How uh, often do you get to do that? Not as much as I'd like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe in mental health? In general, do you oh yeah, I totally believe it. Yes, totally. How so? How so? I mean, I mean, I've had my down times in life when I've been doing stuff in life that is like, oh, it's just such a downer. It's like, and you got to work through them, and you can feel it. It affects your body. It affects your all motion. I mean, you get, I've, yeah. I've experienced depression in my life. Yeah, and sadness and yeah. stuff. In the outdoor spaces where a lot of us find a ton of healing and like find that zen time, it's still not talked about very often that there is so many mental health things. And so many of us are out here to like experience freedom from like a lot of that, right? Because a lot of times, like with my anxiety and depression, the only time I don't feel it is when I'm so focused on that moment. And so it's so relieving to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Oh, I do know what you mean. Yeah, I know. You know, we ski some pretty tough stuff and you know the anticipation of climbing up on backcountry you know and you're up there and then once you start doing it and it's like you don't think about anything else but you got to make those turns right because the consequences are big big. yeah Yeah. and those moments when you're doing stuff like that to me is those are the things i really remember in life 
probably trek it in Nepal. Why? Uh, seeing different people, lots of big mountains, climbing peaks. Mm-hmm. And that's so it's just, it's nice. Yeah. Nice and quiet and a lot of good people. So good people, a lot of silence, yeah. a lot of beauty. Yeah. How long were you there? How long ago? How long were you there in Nepal? I've uh, been there twice for yeah. two months. Oh, wow. So four months. Yeah. And what is it about the people that make it special? Uh, the, the, the Sherpas are really friendly. And, I mean, they don't have much in there. But they're happy. Yeah. You know, they're happy doing what they're Mm-hmm. Dealing with tourists. And <laughs> yeah, right. Do you feel like it's hard to translate that kind of happiness to like your everyday life? Uh, no, I'm pretty happy most of the time. Yeah. Even though you have, you know, downward days and that, but <laughs> yeah. I like being outside. Contentment is the capacity to rest in the moment as is, regardless of what is outside of us. It's realizing that this moment, right now, is enough. Like, just the happiest, like when you felt like, inward, outward, just like, content. The first thing that popped into my mind was uh, finishing the Teton Crest Trail when I ran it with a girlfriend last summer. Yeah, how long was that? 40 miles. Oh my god. And and I mean it's it had nothing to do with like how long it was more than just that it was something we both weren't sure we could do and there were a lot of question marks and Mm. everything went smoothly and it was in the middle of you know a weird year and it was a day where we could just think about nothing but getting from point A to point B. Mm, and just like listening to your body. Surrendering to the mountains and what they had planned weather-wise and conditions-wise and and then just doing the thing we didn't think we could necessarily do. Being willing to just accept what is right in front of us, like I feel like is like key to contentment. When was the happiest moment of your life and or the most content you've ever felt? I think it's a good thing that you can't pick one. That's a good point. So there are two kinds of happiness. There's worldly happiness, which is a great message, getting approval from someone, intimacy, accomplishing something, happiness with a cause. And then there's happy for no reason, which is a liberating happiness and acceptance of an ever-changing life. Some of the happiest I feel like besides like obviously whenever my family's been together I have super high resolution. but personally like when I'm by myself and I'm the happiest is usually when I transition jobs usually or I'm going on like taking that next step which mm. may be chasing in some degree yeah. but like so going whenever I drove up here I was ecstatic because yeah. I was working at a different job doing Marble Merlets and Endangered Species on the Oregon Coast. And wow. then for doing that for four months, and then it's kind of finding the next seasonal, you know, field biologist job. Yeah. And it's in that shoulder season. And when I pack yeah. up the car and I'm on the road, you feel it's like some of the peace. happiest I, I've been. Because usually 
I'm feeling good about what I'm leaving behind. Like I did that job, you know, I've made my impact there and now I'm going somewhere else where hopefully I'll have the same good feeling. It hasn't let me down yet. I've kind of made them into a routine, you could say, of my life. Yeah. And so, you know, doing like four months of work and then transitioning and I've done enough of them. And usually, the, luckily, knock on wood, the decisions I've made so far, I've always been happy with the next step. Yeah, in yeah. In terms of even if it's right not me, you know, there's certain aspects of the thing I'm leaving behind that I miss. Yeah. It's a new opportunity for growth. There are also two major blocks to contentment, which is the negativity bias, which is the habit of the mind fixating on what's always wrong. And then there's also the other block, which is if only mind, when we fixate on what is missing in our life. What is contentment? What is the difference between contentment versus happiness? Nature has a magical way of making space for vulnerability, whether that be slowing down enough to listen to the birds or being completely focused on the elements right in front of us when riding our own bike down a steep terrain. Nature centers us, and it helps us become aware of the present moment. This truth is a huge reason why I wanted to backpack in the first place for months on end. It's the most present I've ever felt, and I struggle to feel that in my normal life, which led me to question whether or not I can find contentment working a normal job, or do we really have to be outside to be chasing the stoke to be present? Alex and I left the trail and headed to our campsite, where there were many others parked around us looking at the same magical view of the Grand Tetons. It was Sunday and it was surprisingly busy, but I took it as an opportunity to get to know my camp neighbors and see what brought them to this beautiful area. So I just went up Cascade and did like a night up the South Fork as high as I could yeah. and then a night up the North Fork yeah. and came out this morning. Cool. Um, and I, yeah, that's to me, that's right now about as close to contentment and peace as, as I get. Yeah. And that kind of scenario. But it was also like, this is also nice too. Having accomplished something, mm. beautiful sunset, having a beer, watching a little hockey, meeting somebody. You yeah. Know, like this is, this is kind of perfect for me too. The easy contentment, anyways, for me was in my 20s, um, mid 20s ish. I kind of, I came out of my shell in college and enjoyed myself and been a super quiet kid and struggled. Doesn't really matter now, but back then I was young for my grade, but I was taller than everybody. So they, yeah. they always, they pushed me up Yeah. and I didn't have the, uh, the maturity that everybody else did. So I was always quiet and observing and watching everybody. So I wasn't making an ass out of myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then by, as I went to college, I kind of came out a little bit and then in my twenties, you know, had a job started being an adult, started taking care of myself a little bit and it just seemed like every day was full of so many new possibilities that it's tougher to kind of see that sort of thing when you're older, when, you know, when you're young. And you weren't scared. You, like scared you found, all. it's so interesting. Cause like, to me, that's not contentment. That's scary. <laughs> uh, I love that it was for like, I fell asleep like a baby every night because I knew like another day was coming and mm. I just, you know, you get older and, and part of what I, I'm a paramedic firefighter. I, I watch people die. I watch mm. a lot of that stuff happen. And it kind of puts a different spin on things and how you look at it for the, for better and for worse. Yeah. Um, but I definitely understand how fragile it all is now. And, and I don't feel quite the same way that life is like this big wide open. Right. You know, you've got a job, you've got a career, things you have to maintain, bills to pay and all that. Yeah. Uh, and 
we talked about how I kind of deal with it. One of the many ways I try to deal with it is I take like a couple weeks out here, here in Glacier in Montana, and I'll come out here and I'll camp out on my truck and I'll backpack and I'll spend a few days. When I feel like the most, um, like I trust myself the most and like I've done everything I can to make this this adventure or this experience what it what it could be I feel like that is like such a, a spirit of contentment too because it's just like I'm giving everything I can to this moment because that's what it is grizzly country right you're just present all of the time you're talking you yeah. know yeah. and it's like finding that contentment I feel like is yeah an exercise almost it is and also finding a way to be comfortable and happy in that moment without being too anxious yeah because you're always kind of paying attention you're hyper vigilant uh, to what's around you sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes even in those situations, sitting down, looking at the sunset, kind of relaxing and just breathing. Part of it also is, is that some of us need something to be wrong all the time or we're so used to things being wrong all the yeah. time. It's almost like an absence when it's not there. You, you're like, it has to be coming around the corner or it has to be yeah. something is wrong right now. I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. It's there. I just got to look harder. <laughs> you know, it's... Like, that's not unusual. Like, I think that, you know, we, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people fight, but you and I kind of fight that same battle in that even when things are good, I'm like, I'm, I'm like on alert, you know, waiting for something to go sideways. Especially, I'm sure, like, as a firefighter and just, like, what you have to go through, like, you're always kind of in red zone. Like, you, it's hard to, like, get yourself down to green zone and because your job is in that space all the time yeah no and that's definitely something that i didn't know if i thought about it when i first started doing it now i'm a lot more in tune to it i work at a place that's a lot more healthy in terms of like keeping an eye on us and we talk about that sort of thing good and i uh i've noticed that that we, we call it hypervigilance. I used it before. Like, even when we're sleeping at the station, because I put 48-hour shifts. Mm. Even when we sleep, we're not sleeping. Yeah, no, because you're, you're yeah. on alert. Yeah. yeah, even when, you know, you're just, it's not even deep sleep. You're always ready to go. And it's very difficult to turn that off when you go home. And this is, I mean, like, I can't come to the Tetons every four day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got to, you know, always trying to find ways to Different ways to create that safety. Nature is a place of healing, but it's also not the only place of healing. If we're not able to find contentment in our everyday life, then we're going to continue chasing after a feeling that we can't find inside. It's around 6.30. I am biking to another camper site who agreed to do a little interview golden hour beautiful she's a social worker i'm excited to meet her so the only reason that i'm a therapist is because i worked at the art association of jackson hole for like eight or ten years just cool. teaching art cool and then i my the last job i had there i kind of oversaw their programming for outreach and that would mean we work with anybody that was underserved in the arts so i got to work with a lot of people that had um severe disabilities physically mentally mm. um kids that just didn't get a fair shake and watched art transform are you doing a lot of art therapy right now I, yeah i mean i can't I do art as a uh, intervention. I am not an art therapist because that is a totally separate oh, right, right. schooling yeah, thing. Yeah. So I use art as an intervention.
That's Jen. She's a social worker in Jackson Hole who was wearing a shirt that said something about being a mom. I can't really remember. While I was at camp, I took Willow for a short bike ride to do some puppy training. And while we were on that ride, Willow made it a point to greet Jen by barking at her very obnoxiously. I walked over to Jen, who was peacefully reading a book, and the apology that I had for her turned into a beautiful conversation all about contentment. And how do you feel about this place? Um, well, I love it. <laughs> and I also am struggling with sharing it right now with the, um, hmm. the past couple summer seasons have been um, really hard on the area and um, the people that live mm. here and um, I think COVID compounded that in, yeah. in addition with a lot of people wanting to get away from cities so they bought houses here and now real estate is so out of control that mm. people that work normal jobs Can't. to family incomes cannot afford to live here um, and a lot of my dear friends are leaving because they can't stay they can't because afford they it. can't afford it before you got your master's, because that was pretty recent. That was like, what did yeah, you say? I'm in my 40s. Yeah, I'm yeah. 43. So, so like, I mean, I feel like that's so cool because for me, I went back to, like, I got my master's younger, but then left and start, I practiced as a therapist and then realized, holy shit, I cannot do this. This isn't, like, I can't. It's a lot. It's a lot more, you, you know. hold a lot. It's a lot. You have to be able to hold a lot of space and also be able to balance the rest of your life with it, too. And um, so I, I've taken... It's take... so easy to get sucked in, huh? Oh, yeah. That's what happened to me. <laughs> I got sucked in and then lost myself there for a second. And then, you know, it's been this journey, like, really, like, the last year and a half of, like, kind of surrendering to whatever <laughs> process this has been. But also, in that space, I've finally found... Just like that sense of peace and balance so much that honestly, that's what moved me to go back to practicing again was because it was the first time I felt like I, I've been practicing all of these coping skills for so long. And I, I mean, I've always been in therapy, but like, yeah. I really like COVID brought that out of me. I think a lot of things brought it out yeah. and I'm a very introspective person. Like I'm like to a point where I have to like work on not being as introspective, <laughs> Um, but the last year and a half, like really just honing down on it and realizing that there's a lot I need to work on and joy for me has been not running away from like my reality. And I think I was finally at that place where I'm like, my reality is I'm the most content I've ever been. I have like a, I, I've worked so hard to have healthy relationships and friendships and stuff like that. And, like, I have that love to give to somebody. And I know it. And I've tried to do it with friends. Didn't go well, right? Like, right. You, you can't be your friend's therapist. No. Um, and so it's been this, like, really cool process. And I start seeing clients actually this week. Oh, it's, really? Yeah. It's like, that's, that's why I'm doing awesome. this. Were you always kind of aware of what you needed to feel this kind of balance? Um, I have a great therapist. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's, I mean, it's all, like, the balance of how you hold all of the things like, um, it, you can't, right? Like you can't hold, I can't juggle two kids, a husband, a, a marriage, uh, yeah. a successful career, career yeah. two dogs, yeah, yeah. And any sort, you know, like what, yeah. you can't do all those things. You can't do it all of the time. No. Every second. So yeah. You just like have to pick up the one you see right there and, and finding wh where, like how to do that. Um, I hmm. think, uh, I never could have 
done the process of ending up in therapy as a therapist until I'd kind of lived through young motherhood with like little kids. And now my kids are mm. middle schoolers where it's like, yeah, this is rocky, but we're, we're going to get through it. I think peace and ease go hand in hand. Like if it's, I, I can't really have peace without ease. And for me, ease is semblance of balance. I, I'm getting enough mm. time alone. I'm getting, <laughs> my kids are getting enough and my husband's getting enough and then other stuff like our house is a mess and we haven't, you know, cleaned mm. out our garage in two years, whatever. Like, yeah. you know, like that, whatever's going to create that ease is really important to create peace. And then, then everything is okay. Yeah. Like then, then we're content, but it, it's a recipe. Like you have, we have to have ease, then we can have peace and then we can be like content and good. And everybody's like doing well. As a mother, finding that balance hmm. is almost impossible, the, the demands. Um, hmm. you, you happen to catch me on the moment where I am not doing those things, right? Like, I have checked out. I checked out for 24 hours, right? I go home. Tomorrow night, I will be making dinners and packing lunches and back at it, you know? Hmm. But, like, you know, one of the things that my partner has agreed on is that I have to check out. I mean, my job requires that we all, we, I can't, I you can't, have to, I have to, it's not, a, it's not it's like a, a sometimes, <laughs> Oh, you should do that. Like, yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. No, it's, I, I have to, or, or, or I will just fall in the hole. Right. Like, and then I can't help anybody. I can't be a good parent. Can't I can't be the person that so you I don't, are. I don't think that, I don't know if contentment, equals motherhood I mean yeah there are moments where you're holding a small baby but it's like that's contentment that's pretty awesome but like my kids are older like I have to drive them everywhere we have to and this is all from a place of privilege of course but like it's, it's always still, yeah it's always something right like it's always something there's never like a moment where I'm like okay I don't have anything to do like no I don't have that that moment does what not is, happen what is that moment I don't know I don't know and I you know so um, if I take my family out of the equation and like when I first moved here, this is all I ever wanted was mm. to live in the mountains, snowboard every day, camp all summer long. That's what I wanted. And while the, those, those things are still parts of my life here, it's, it's looks so different, but, um, I am happy and content for the most part if I keep my equation right yeah and it's pretty tough I feel that so and yeah I'm like if, because as soon as the equation's a little bit off right it just takes you off balance how many of us actually do have a choice like in in our society right like it just makes it impossible like of course of course there's crime of course so many bad things are happening no yeah. one has any time to take care of themselves even the most privileged of folks are basically like we're trying to make sure that every all of our ducks in a row so that we can be the people that to to support you know right and i i often wonder about the people that could give me thousands of dollars of groceries a year like what their lives are really like like is that is it just they don't have anything to do? Like, what do they what do is, with what it? Is, what, is, what, are you, what are you doing? How did that happen? Like, what do you do? Like, I'm curious. Like, what yeah, do they I do? just want to know. I, I don't, you know, like... Yeah. And I, I talk about are they this peaceful? I have no idea. Yeah. I think that the more I learn to compartmentalize and, like, understand 
concepts for what they are and like and just more present i've also noticed that compartmentalizing has helped me so much with being content so i was recently having a conversation with the, a therapist i work with and we were talking about the um the awesomeness of compartmentalization and how mm. this is a superpower that we never examined in that way like always thought it was a flaw and maybe even would tell a client like we need to work on your compartmentalization no now on i do not say that i'm like that is awesome you're gonna need that it's also trying to find the balance of that too is like under because so i was so good at compartmentalizing that i dissociated with my body completely yeah, uh-huh. yep, yep like yep, i yep. was until just uh last year awesome it was just yeah it's fucking great dude i'm like experiencing sensations for the first time of my life like it's been it's, that sounds pretty intense and awesome it's it's very intense <laughs> and awesome that's exactly how i would put it yeah um that's why i'm spending a lot of alone time because I've, I've just also realized i need a lot more alone time than i i thought i did I just feel like I'm committed to the people that mean the most to me now. Like, I'm not trying to, like, make a lot of friends. <laughs> and not that I'm open to it, if that's what the experience leads me to, but I think, right. you know what I mean? Like, there's a difference between, like, making intentional time for your people that, like, actually fill your cup, which is, like, for me, depth and, like, understand, like, new. you have to be able to understand how complicated of a person I am yes. and then hold space for me still. <laughs> like, and you know? still want to spend time together and know that... <laughs> It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. And, and it's, it's okay. And it's okay because guess what? I am gonna take care of myself. Right. And you don't have to take care of me. Right. <laughs> most of the time it'll probably be fun. <laughs> yeah. It'll be funny. It'll be funny. Yeah, it's so great. What is your recipe for contentment? Are you waiting for something to change in order to have that feeling? Do you find yourself asking all of the what-ifs? We sometimes think of a happy place as a physical place, and it obviously can be that, taking a walk in nature, playing with kids, having coffee, doing music, a good conversation with a friend. But if you limit yourself to your happy place being something very physical, it's impossible to carry your happy place everywhere that you go. So what we're going to do is do a meditation. We're going to learn how to take a spirit of contentment wherever we go so it's there whenever you need it. These are really big topics and the thought of finding contentment in our everyday life probably brings up a variety of emotions. We're just going to take a second to reflect. I know this is scary, but let's just take a second in a quiet place where you can be free from distractions and just do some breathing. Close your eyes, get comfortable, and just start taking breaths. Sit up tall. Keep your chin level. And notice the tension in your shoulders. Soften your belly, soften your thighs, let your hips rest heavily on your seat. With your mouth closed, but your jaw relaxed, breathe in and out, slowly. Breathe in and out through your nose. Find a breath that is patient, that is gentle, and steady 
Let each breath out be just as long as each breath in. As you focus on that breath, turn the corners of your mouth upwards into a slight smile. The most important step is to slow down enough to become aware of your thoughts. Maybe you're feeling stressed right now, and that's why it's making it difficult for you to slow down. You don't have to block your stress or your anxiety. Instead, allow it to be there. Allow it to exist in this space. Ask yourself what you're scared of. Face it. Address it. If it's an emotion that's negative, maybe think of the word in your brain and then let it pass. Keep slowing down your breathing. In through your nose and out through your mouth. We're gonna do an imagery meditation. I want you to think about your happy place. The time in your life that you felt the most content. Maybe it was a moment, maybe it was a time frame, maybe it was a season. What was that like? Allow yourself to be there. Are there people around? Are you alone? Think about your surroundings. Are you outside? Are you inside? Is the sun warming you up? Visualize your surroundings, every little detail. What can you hear around you? Is it quiet? Are there people in the background? Do you hear the birds? Take note of everything that you hear in that space of contentment. Take in all of the smells. What made this season of contentment so special? I know it's not the same as being in that moment, but when our world shifts and when our life alters so suddenly the way that life tends to do, it's so important for you to have a safe space where you can just be, where you can just exist in a spirit of contentment without worrying about anything else. How can you prioritize spending time in your happy place? I've never been much of a meditation person or even a yoga person until pretty recently. It's because mindfulness and meditation is a very powerful tool to live and enjoy the moment fully. You don't have to be religious or even spiritual to have the benefits because meditation is just an exercise for your brain. When you practice it regularly, meditation appears to decrease activity in the areas of your brain that's associated with negative thoughts, anxiety, depression, and stress. At the same time, it also increases activity in the areas associated with joy, contentment, and peace. So yeah, it feels weird at first, and it's honestly helped me so much to find contentment as all of these transitions are happening. Being mindful also makes you fully engaged in the here and now and more aware and appreciative of good things. There are so many different types of mindfulness exercises. You can do a body scan where you 
focus your attention on various parts of your body and you start with your feet and work your way up and you simply focus on the way each part of it feels without labeling the sensations as either good or bad. You can do walking meditations, which is a lot like through hiking, where you focus on the physicality of each step, the sensation of your feet touching the ground, your surroundings, the rhythm of your breath while moving, and the feeling of the wind. I don't know what your contentment recipe is. For me, it's been nature. When I play violin, when I'm having a good conversation with one of my best friends, when I'm practicing as a therapist, I don't want to be anywhere else. And I think those moments mean a lot more than I've given it credit for. Thank you again for listening, and I hope that you feel a sense of contentment today in this moment. You are enough, and I'm not going to stop reminding you of that truth. Please, 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 it really helps us out if you review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. It's a fast, free way to support the show, and it really does make a difference in helping other people find us. And if you're wanting to interact more with this amazing community, find me on social media. We're on Instagram at underneath it all pod and my personal Instagram at underscore Griselle underscore. You can see what I'm up to, which is mostly mental health stuff and advocacy, as well as my dogs and my husband. (laughs) Intro music is created by a two person band, which includes myself. Check out our music by searching Passiflora.